0: developing your international business one thing is often forgotten cultural differences the culture matters international business podcast does exactly that focus on international business and cultural differences chris and peter guide you through the maze of business and cultural differences in every podcast episode get the global perspective here at the culture matters international business podcast
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, if you want. Um, Welcome to the Culture Matters podcast on international business. My name is Chris Smith.
0: And I'm Peter van der Lende. You're listening to the Culture Matters podcast on international business. We are on episode number 161. Uh, If you haven't subscribed, you can do so now on uh, culturematters.com and some other
1: platforms, right, Chris? Yes, um, Stitcher is available, Spotify is available, Amazon is available, and of course iTunes. Uh, so that's where, where you normally get your podcast. you can find this podcast. Also, all right, the topic of this uh, episode is humor and cultural differences. Well, we're not only going to talk about humor but do you think that your sense of humor is the same sense of humor around the world and if not how do you know the differences and how do you adapt to those cultural differences when it comes to humor okay now we've prepared this quite significantly. Um, and uh, we're not only going to talk about humor, we're going to talk about profanities without mentioning profanities. And we're going to talk about love and, um, and all that within the, the cultural cultural differences, or the context of cultural differences. Now, the, the statement here that I, I do make a lot in during my workshops is, is that nothing is culturally neutral. We all know that it's it tends to be quite difficult to translate a joke from one language into the other because the subtleness of a joke can sometimes just be in the, in the pun, in the, in the sentence, in the language, locked in the language. Um, but realizing that we hopefully have a smile on our face every day, uh, but the, what's funny in one culture is not funny in another culture, makes for me the fact that humor is not culturally neutral. Well, if you think about that and think that a little bit through, then if humor already is not culturally neutral, then really nothing is culturally neutral from project management to um, international business to international negotiations, even presentations, holding a presentation is not culturally neutral. So what you find here is that that different countries have specific characteristics about what's funny. Um, to just name a few, for the Brits, for instance, the Brits uh, tend to have an ironic and dry sense of humor, um, a black sense of humor, and also it's they have a typically self-deprecating sense of humor. In other words, a Brit can make fun of himself or herself. Now, if you contrast that with the Dutch, then the typical three characteristics of Dutch of the Dutch sense of humor is for one, it's uh, over the top, it's in your face, it's generally considered quite rude. Um, There seem to be a lot of sexual connotations in the Dutch sense of humor. And typically, and this is diametrically opposing what the Brits do, the Dutch make fun of someone else. So the Dutch humor is at the expense of someone else. So is that your same experience, Peter?
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, of course, when we talk about uh, culture and and humor, uh, and you mentioned a couple of Examples on how that is not a neutral in a cultural uh, sense. Of course, uh, it can uh, also uh, impact uh, the relationship or a meeting uh, and what have you because of what you just said, right? So, if you're making a joke that is uh, supposedly not done in another culture, that meeting may start in a in a in a way that you didn't anticipate. Uh, So yes, absolutely. Having lived in a couple of countries, uh, speaking a few languages, I've seen it myself. Uh, I mean, I I came from Venezuela and then moved to Mexico, and I was trying to break the ice, right? I was the new manager, the country manager, Mm -hmm. and I was trying to break the ice and and say a few light things and a few quick light jokes that I picked up in Venezuela. And the Mexicans were just staring at me. And Mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a, it's a similar culture, it's Latin American culture. But even that was already uh, an. I wouldn't say an issue, but I, it took me by surprise. I was just sitting there, uh, hoping that the uh, that the team would at least smile a little bit, but they didn't, right? So th- there's nothing neutral about that. So breaking the ice uh, by by using jokes uh, when you're crossing borders and crossing cultures is already uh, quite dangerous, uh, in fact.
1: Yeah, and to that extent, you could have actually argue that humor is really a serious matter. Exactly, uh, it's not something to joke with, which is a contradiction in terms. But nonetheless, what's also important, and this is something that you experienced now in your example, uh, even though speaking speaking Spanish, uh, it's understanding a joke it hinges a lot on, on how how strong or how good your level of a certain language is. Um, yep. If I watch any Dutch uh, comedians, I understand. I understand the context within that. If I watch a comedy show from uh, Ricky Gervais or an American comedy show from Ellen DeGeneres, I understand that because also I realize that my my level of English is, is good. But my housemate, who is from Ecuador, who lives here, uh, and she watches, if she watches a show like that, she can often be lost just simply because she doesn't understand the language, let alone whether you think something is funny, which is another crucial point, you know. Um, it, you, understanding a joke, literally understanding the language part of a joke is one thing. Uh, but the fact that you understand the joke, it doesn't make it necessarily funny. So that's that, that, that it's, it's important and, and, uh, and good to realize. And there's generally the rule of thumb in terms of how well you understand the language. That is, if you can count in that language in your mind, okay, how many fingers do I have? Okay, well, 10. Okay, that's easy but how many grains of rice do I have in front of me? If you count that in your non-native language, you generally have a good command of that language. And in addition to that, it's also the understanding of um, of of jokes, of humor in that yep. specific different language. Now, yep. um, that I'm going to use this as a segue in and uh, share a bit of my own experience here. Uh, be, be, being a Dutchman um, and living for the last 15 years in Belgium, Uh, the Belgians can make jokes, right? They actually can make jokes. And although if I listen to those jokes, for me, it's kind of flat. It's not, it doesn't have any spice. So, excuse me, in the office where I was working at that time, I would occasionally pitch in a joke of my own. And that didn't fly. Why not? Because they just they thought it wasn't funny. And the reason being is because my jokes were over the top. There were had there a lot of sexual connotations. And it was at the expense of someone else. Typically those three characteristics of Dutch humor. Um, so that I, I learned I quickly learned not to make any jokes. Let the Belgians make jokes among themselves, and I'll just be quiet. And for once, as a Dutchman, which is not easy, I, for once I will shut up. Yeah. Yeah, any any example? <clears throat> excuse me. Any examples from your side in uh, in comparison to either Latin America or yeah, maybe Latin America and the U.S. Yeah. Uh, you, you you mentioned a couple of
0: things that are absolutely I recognize. Uh, for you, you mentioned uh, the the American or or uh, British uh, comedians. I love to watch uh, watch it on Netflix or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like uh, Ricky Gervais. I think he's brilliant. Uh, Dave Chappelle has a couple of new shows, and they are on the edge. Uh, for 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 a lot of people, uh, so for a lot Americans of people, in this case, for Americans, but also for foreigners. So, for example, I like it. I like Dave Chappelle and I like Ricky Gervais, but they they are getting to a a a, a borderline that some people don't find funny, even in their own culture. But mm-hmm. if you let, uh, think of about Latin Americans, for example, and it might be my wife from Venezuela, but also some some others, you know, if you make jokes about. Children with cancer, for example. I mean, it's a joke, and it can be a very rough joke by Ricky Gervais, uh, but they don't find that funny, right? And uh, so that's that's one of those cultural examples. When you mention, like, you know, it didn't have any spice, um, and, and it's the language component of it, uh, the language component is really important. I I found uh, crossing so many borders now. And working in different countries, that lang- that humor and jokes is probably the highest level of language and is noisy in a, in a bar and somebody tells a joke. I mean, yeah, first of all, the language component kicks in. You know, mm-hmm. think of system one and system two. We talked about, about that before, right? Is it automatic? Is it just quick? You can understand it and quick because it needs to be quick. Or is it system two? You need to process it while it's too late. Uh, that's why this article is called uh, "Are jokes funnier in the native language?" You can uh, Google that.
1: Yeah, are they? Says, well, they, because you 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 pulled up that article. Was, uh, are they funnier in the native in 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 native languages? Well,
0: they, 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 the 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 article is is doesn't say uh, spe- uh, specifically that absolutely yes, but if you read through the article, basically you reach the conclusion that they are. And one of the reasons is that if you're if you're in, an, in a listening as an L two, you know you're you're processing it as a foreign language, mm-hmm. then there is a reduced communicative competence. So because people are just less good in that language, so the the jokes can get lost. And they're talking about emotional blunting, uh, which is kind of the the uh, what we will talk about a little bit more. But I also refer to in Spanish as sabor, and you refer to it as spice, right? Because you just uh, don't feel it because it's not in your language, and there's timing, right? So, and that has to do with processing. So sometimes a, a, a joke is quick and witty, and you have to get it in the moment. And if you have to process it, process it, the the, the moment is gone. So we will uh, we will talk about that spice uh, a, a little bit more when you talk about the Dutch and the Belgians. It's funny also as a as a, as a quick side step there as well. Of course, uh, across the world, I learned I didn't know this. But uh, as a Dutchman, uh, we tend to make jokes about the Belgians that are stupid, and the Belgians make jokes about us. I think that we are. Uh, what are we? You know that's better than I do, Chris.
1: Uh, Cheeseheads. That's that's what we. Uh, Dutch... or, or gierig, or, or what is the, uh, 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 the? Yeah, that's that's one of the stereotypes people tend to have. Yes, and stereotype. That's a stereotype. Yes, yeah. and 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 a note in the margin on what you just said. When I when I told this story about making fun with with my Belgian colleagues. Um, it's important to realize that my native language is Dutch and their native language is also Dutch. There, there are a few differences uh, in terms of what it's like the Brits and the Americans. They can understand each other, but the elevator and lift are, are interchangeable in, in within the context. And so yeah. I was joking in Dutch with my Dutch speaking colleagues, and it was not considered to be funny. Now, the Dutch, indeed, like you said, they make fun of the Belgians, all of the Belgians, because we think that the Belgians are stupid, that's what we—that's just the, the, the stereotype. And the Belgians, within their own country, they make fun of the people in a province of Belgium called Limburg, and they have a specific accent. I mean, after fifteen years living here, I can—if somebody says something in in their Flemish accent, I can tell where they're from. And indeed, it is a—it's a—it's a sweet accent which resembles in tonality more or less what the Irish do. So everything ends on an up. Every sentence ends in an uh, going up, and so if you understand that, then it's easy to understand the jokes. And if, yeah. if if you're not used to that, it sounds it's it's attractive. It's, and and for me, it sounds funny. So I can I can I can make for me I can make sense um, of that. And for instance, the Dutch don't make fun about the Germans. No, we still, there's still, if there is a football match between the Netherlands national team and the German national team, it's a, it's a, it's a reliving of World War II, still 70 years uh, after the date. What is your experience, Peter, in terms of, well, say, Latin America and the context of the United States where you're from now? Who makes yeah. fun of whom?
0: It just popped up a joke in my head. I cannot help it. It's like uh, we don't make fun of the, the Americans, of the uh, Germans, and maybe this is a, this is not even a joke by the Dutch about the Germans. Maybe it's a joke about the Americans, about the Germans, how organized uh, they are, and uh, everything has to be in a certain order and a certain process and very strict and what have you. Uh, and it was an airline joke. You and I both have an airline uh, background as well. And that joke was like uh, uh when you're entering a German airplane you know it's a German uh, crew because they say like okay everybody pay attention put on your seat belts and i want to hear one click. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh that's uh, a German joke. In terms of the Belgian and the Dutch uh, the joke that i just made to you prior to uh, to uh, press the the button of recording was uh, what do you do when uh, when a uh, when a Belgian uh, throws a hand grenade at you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and uh, the answer is that you need to pull out the pin and throw the hand grenade back and uh, you knew that joke and then I said uh, okay but the Belgians has, uh, have found a solution to it and I believe you didn't hear that one yet mm-hmm. which is uh, the Belgians have found a solution and they pull out the pin at the, at the factory already so then you say, okay, okay, that's a funny joke, and uh, people are uh, stupid, and this is apparently true across uh, the world. So because my wife from Venezuela, the Latin Americans, or maybe the Venezuelans, they make jokes about the stupid Gallego, which is like the, somewhere in a region, in a region in Spain. So the, 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 that's a very uh, stupid guy, uh, and uh, you know the, the, the Latin Americans uh, are facing the stupid Spanish, and then they make jokes about that, and then. Uh, you see that, uh, of course, in uh, in uh, in the United States, within the United States, North and South, and what have you. So regional, the regional component always comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, there was this other article I just talked to you about, and I, well, you talked about it uh, just now. Is about you. You mentioned like who's laughing at whom, right? Um, so if, if you go back to that, uh, where where did I? I was looking at it just now. Uh, is uh, self-enhancing, laugh at self, affiliative, self-defeating, uh, or, or aggressive. So in this article, they're talking about four categories. And it says that Westerners mm-hmm. make jokes across the board. So they do all of them, including aggressive and insults and what have you, including self-defeating, put yourself down. And, it, and this article says, an Easterners, or Chinese, for example, don't do that. So there is a definite difference. So if you are an American or a Dutchman and you go to China and you start to <laughs> make jokes with including profanities and and, and insults, etc., it probably doesn't go so well. So that's, that's something to keep in mind, right?
1: That is indeed. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good thing for the at the end of this podcast. We'll give you some tips on how to deal with that. Um, I, I want to make a, a sidestep here <clears throat> because now we've been talking about humor. Um, and um, so this is... This is an, uh, a sentence that comes from your corner, Peter, that um, jokes and profanities, so the funny side and the not so funny side, but both emotional, because jokes are emotional, they trigger an emotion, and profanities also trigger an emotion. And you wrote down here, jokes and profan- uh, uh, profanities feel, quote unquote, better in the native language. Yeah. And you had a story the other day about somebody like a Mexican that just, when he had to swear, he just had to do it in Spanish because otherwise it didn't get any, that didn't have any power.
0: Yes. And I, I can still feel that too, by the way. And I, I talked I talk to different people about that. So uh, when people are uh, living in different countries, people tend to uh, go back to their native language if they are emotional. Uh, and also if you insult somebody or you want to say something, then it's you they they they, 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 they go back to their, their language as well because it you can feel it. So for example, if if and we talked about the F word and the S word in English, the Dutch use that a lot. In Dutch, right? In in meetings. We, we because of the
1: English words, that's what you're saying.
0: The English F and the English S word, right? Yeah. And it's as if it is a normal word. Uh, and then I was on a conference call uh, many times in Minneapolis uh, between uh, Minneapolis and Amsterdam, and they used those words, and the Americans were looking at each other in the room because I was at the American side, mm-hmm. and the Dutch were in, in Amsterdam, and they used these words, and the Americans were looking at each other like, "Wow, you this is crazy." This. Yeah. Uh, but in the terms of that you just said, like, uh, that it was actually a Venezuelan uh, friend uh, many years ago who who I was talking to about this, and he said, "If." And I, I, actually, I think it was even a Venezuelan in Mexico mm-hmm. uh, because the Mexicans swear differently than the Venezuelans. And the Venezuelan guy told me, I need to say these profanities when I'm in, in uh, uh, angry in Venezuelan uh, profanities because mm-hmm. otherwise I don't feel it. There is no what he called sabor. It doesn't taste. I cannot taste it. If I swear in Mexican Spanish then I don't feel it. There is no taste to it. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, people swear differently in different countries. And again, you have to be very careful because you might think that the S-word uh, is so common in, in the United States in English as a Dutchman, and you use it in, in the Netherlands all the time, mm-hmm. but you can actually create some uh, weird and awkward moments in meetings if you do that, Right.
1: No, absolutely and you
0: have you have actually mentioned it to me like because this is the bridge to of course um uh in in terms of uh, lo- uh, in terms of affection and love it's the same thing
1: right yeah that's a that's a different topic indeed i want to say one word before we move on to the to, to the I love you part, which is um also important to realize that different cultures do actually swear in different manners in different ways. We the Dutch use the S and the F word in English in our own native Dutch language. Yeah. Um, and so if you look at and there, I got three examples here. In general, Latinos, uh, the Dutch and the Germanics. Um, in general, if you look at the Latinos, the way they swear, it's it is very much um, focused on family. Uh, if you are, if you if you say the P word in Spanish. You are the, you're the son or a daughter of the, well, the, the, that P word. We have a clean podcast, so I can't say that. Yeah. So that's the, the, the swearing in, in collectivistic cultures, typically Latino cultures is very much focused on, on hurting the family, not so much hurting you, but I'll, I'll, I'll hurt your family, which is one of the clear things that you, you don't make fun in, uh, in a Mexican setting. You don't make fun of, of somebody else's mom because that is that is sacred you don't you don't that's where you don't go unless of course you want to insult someone and yes then, and then you can do that
0: the word the, the word madre comes up a lot Marde? madre mother madre. comes yeah. up a lot when people are angry and swearing and and want to really uh, get under your skin or, or 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 push and pull you or or oh, but also in jokes but rough jokes right so the word mother mother comes up a lot and it's not in it's not in uh, in a in a good way so to speak
1: in the, in that in that context it isn't no now if you take it to the dutch and i think we're quite unique in that although we're not 100% sure the dutch tend to swear swear in diseases yeah. So we wish you. We wish you, for instance, which is a clean word. We wish you, um, but in in all anger, we wish you uh, uh, bad diseases like typhoid and or cancer, uh, and that's that's how the Dutch swear. We swear yeah. in diseases, wishing somebody else the disease. Yes. Um, and the last example I have, and maybe you have something to add to that, is the um, uh, the Germanic cultures who are. The germanic culture meaning germany and austria and maybe hungary although they don't share the same language they tend to swear in cleanliness or actually the non-cleanliness so if you the, the you would say in german you would say the dog um you're uh the, you're a pig of a dog or a dog of a pig and which is a <laughs> dirty animal and so that is it. people in germany germanic countries they swear in uh, in cleanliness or the non-cleanliness thereof. Yeah. So, are you any, any, any examples from your side?
0: Well, I was just thinking about uh, the words being used in Latin America, for example, where I, of course, lived for 10 years in different countries. And it was interesting to me that uh, in some countries, including in Venezuela, they use a couple of words, and I, I won't use them here either because in Venezuela, it's not considered actually a profanity, mm-hmm. uh, but they use or three words uh, one is the C word in Spanish and the other one is the V word in Spanish well, maybe some people might figure it out here <laughs> uh, and 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 they use these words constantly and when I was there I was like what does these words mean so I started to look it up and they were actually quite profane words and I told asked the Venezuelan I said why do you use this word all the time it means this I said no that's not what it means. It's just words like saying, oh, damn, uh, my co- my coffee uh, tipped over or something. I said, no, look at the dictionary. And I sl- uh, showed them the dictionary, and they were shocked. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's interesting that if you use those words of me then going from Venezuela to Mexico, now I understood also using those words. It's not like, oh, damn, the coffee tipped over. You're using a profanity that the Mexicans were not appreciating. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful uh, with that stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What? So this is. Uh, thanks for adding that. There's there's one other sidetrack that I'd like to make. And uh, in our in our pre- preparation notes, it says here, "I love you." Now, this also has to do with emotions. Like humor has to do with emotions. Profanities have to do with emotions. But uh, emotions of love and affection are well, hence also emotions. Now, um, I think you're the perfect candidate to answer this, Peter. But so the the, the theory behind this is. That if if you're okay, keeping it to to, to myself here, um, I'm a native Dutchman. If I tell my girlfriend that I love her and I say in English "I love you," it has a, lo- a very different load, a different um, uh, weight, if you want, than if I if I were to say that in my own native Dutch language. Yeah. Um. And so it becomes much more real and much more true. If you do, if you say these kind of words like "I love you," "I like you," "I want to be with you," if you if you say that in your own native native language, and not for me, even though my English I think is decently good, um, it it carries a different weight, a different load. If I say this in English or if I say this in Dutch, how how do you, I'm curious now because we didn't talk about this, but I'm going to put you <laughs> on the spot, Peter, because you your I know the household language in your household is Spanish. Yes, um, and you've been speaking Spanish for a few years. So, how does that feel for you? Eh? Te amo, or I love you, or ik hou van jou. Yeah, um, maybe you don't it's... say any of that. That's also possible, of course.
0: Yeah, well, as a, as a northern Dutchman, uh, I was actually not used to saying these words because uh, why would you? It's not necessary. <laughs> that's how that's how it starts. But, of course, uh, uh, I've been with my uh, Venezuelan wife for a long time, and I really do love her, and I really need to express it. Uh, but the sabor thing uh, also comes in here. So you need to feel it. So we use it, actually, amongst us in all three languages. Okay. So uh, I always tell her that I'm a mucho, and I also put in T-A-M in my texts. But then I also sometimes I put in uh, I H V J I Kaufman Jou and I L Y I love you like uh, and I use it constantly so we and my wife does the same thing to me so she also tells me in Dutch so So she she trained you well then she trained me well and we are and we can also you can also feel it because we use it in our native languages Mm -hmm. uh, so so that we make sure that you can feel it and the message uh, comes across okay. and now, i was going to add to that also chris is uh, you, you're talking about the dutch and this this is maybe going a step back but i just this also popped up in my mind uh, what we call I, I can i think i can say this but offsiken uh, uh, right so you make uh, jokes about other people and bringing them down right and it's funny and it's, this article also that I mentioned earlier is, is talking about bonding and, 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 and laughing and, and creating some sort of a, a, a generic uh, uh, feeling in the room that everybody can do that and, and makes, makes us actually uplifting mm-hmm. for certain cultures. So for our culture, the Dutch, but also the Americans, it's an uplifting experience to do that. And in English, they call it roasting, right? So roasting, there are actually programs about roasting. So they put one person on, in the spotlight and everybody is just roasting that person. Mm-hmm. And the reason that it popped up in my mind is because we just had this Oscar uh, incident, right? Where uh, Chris Rock made a joke about yes. Will Smith's wife and uh, he couldn't handle it. Will Smith couldn't and just walked up to Chris Rock and slapped him in the face. And that was a, a quick roast joke. It was not too bad, but it completely went uh, went bad and uh, of course now we know the consequences of that so even even within the same culture within in the United States, even when roasting is considered normal in humor, still things can go wrong. I just popped in my mind I had to I had to
1: oh, that's good that makes, that makes put good that sense. in
0: here because it's very recent right?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's true. Um, so basically, I mean, I'm looking at the time. Uh, also, we are more or less 30 minutes in yes, uh, the previous podcast. So maybe we can round it off. I think. I think what you're what you what you said in um, uh, in more words is that jokes can indeed they create they can they can create bonding. So friendship and 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 relationship and making that closer. Or if you screw it up, then it also can create conflict. Even yep. if if you if even if your intentions are meant well. Then it could even be it could be conflictuous if you yeah. don't know what to do and how to how to do this. So maybe um, you already gave a few tips. Uh, if you, how do you deal with different cultures, and 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 how do you how do you not fall in that trap? There's one thing I want to give uh, our Dutch audience that if you are a Dutchman and it doesn't matter in which country you are, don't make fun, don't make jokes. Because you're going to screw it up, you're going to be over the top. It's going to be too hard, too tough, and in 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 general, what you could say, and you made a few specific uh, uh, comments and arguments and tips already. It's to some extent using humor in um, in a work setting or even in a in a friendship. Uh, Setting—it's it, like bribing in a way. If you don't understand how the bribing system works, if there is any, then you shouldn't engage in it. And if you don't understand the humor, you should not engage in that either. So I think I think that's that's important. Anything else to add, Peter?
0: Well, you you, you mentioned so you mentioned you actually mentioned a, a few cons, uh, consequence uh, consequences or uh, consequent. Maybe it's not the right word. The consequences. Mm-hmm. If if you don't know what the culture can handle, or you don't speak the language very well, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, just go, don't go there. I, that's absolutely the right advice.
1: Yeah.
0: Unless and until, of course, you do understand the language very well and you do understand the culture very well. Now, as a Dutchman, you live in another country, or an American in another country, and you live there for a long longer time, or you just became more cultural competent because. Uh, you or listen to experts on the topic and what have you uh, yes maybe then you c- can start experimenting with it but you're absolutely right if you don't don't just don't go there
1: yeah yeah monkey good points well this is more or less the end <clears throat> excuse me of this podcast number 161 where we talked about humor but also other emotional side effects in terms of love and profanities Um if you want to know more about what we do here at Culture Matters, then go to culturematters.com. You'll find all kinds of uh, articles, podcasts, and um, our contact details, of course. And what I just added here in our notes is um, if you are listening to this before the 21st of April, 2022, then you can register for our webinar on April 21st, and we will talk about the same topic, but we'll illustrate it with, um, with some slides and some uh, some visual materials Now, uh, go into culturematters.com and then go to the menu tab webinar. There you can register. It's a free webinar. It'll take about 30 minutes of what we're doing. Uh, And it'll be live. uh, So you can see us uh, performing live. there. All right. I think that's pretty much it, uh, Peter, right? That's it. Okay. Then the final messages here are that if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, then please do so. That would be good. If you're doing this via iTunes, um, or any other for a platform where you can give a review, then of course we would like a good review. The music you hear at this moment in the, in the background is from Ben Sound. Check them out at bensound.com. They have a huge collection. And finally, I'm Chris Smith, and I'm Peter
0: Van der Lende. We'll see you in, at the twenty-first at our webinar. Yes.
1: All right. Thank you. Take care.
0: Take care. Overlooking cultural differences when you're developing your business internationally can be the biggest mistake you can make. Let Chris and Peter help you avoid those mistakes. Get in touch now. Go to culturematters.com.